I love what I do. Sure. You know, there's a quote that says that I loved, and I, I can't remember who to attribute it to, but it said... You um, quote me if you need to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's probably who it was. <laughs> Eric. It said, the thing they don't tell you about finding your passion is that it becomes your obsession and all other things pale by comparison. Yeah, that's and, special. That's great. Right? Mm-hmm. And I remember when I, I heard that for the first time, I was like, oh, that's it. Like, I love doing this so much. It's almost hard to stop. For sure. Cody Sanchez. How are we feeling? Good, man. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Me too. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this So the podcast is called The Recipe, by the way. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into the ingredients and the secret sauce, your secret sauce in the kitchen as we go. But um, we met here at The Collective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know your husband. Can we name, can we name names? <laughs> yeah, you can so name. I know your husband, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Great guy. Very inspirational and awesome dude. And then you train with Claire here as yeah. well. And I see you crush it. And then I stumbled across your page and you're just a machine. Uh, So anyway, that's kind of what I know from a thousand feet away. If you don't mind, just give me a little bit on uh, about yourself. Yeah. Um, Well, I do not feel like I'm crushing it when I'm in here with Claire. I feel like she's crushing me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I play more in the world of finance. So, you know, um, I own a bunch of companies. They're what I call boring businesses, which basically means companies that are all around you every single day. Could be a podcast production company, could be a landscaping company, mm-hmm. could be a car wash, a laundromat. And what I used to think this was called is private equity. Like mm-hmm. I was just a private equity portfolio manager, investing in a bunch of companies, aggregating them, mm-hmm. making them better and selling them off. And now I do that for myself in a private holding company. Yeah. And then we started talking about it on the internet in like 2020 for some reason, and uh, and it caught on. And a bunch of people were interested in this idea of sort of going back to Main Street, not building these huge Silicon Valley or Wall Street businesses. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's probably a little bit better for the world around us than sure. the other way. Yeah, well, it's super impressive. How many 20... We own 24 companies right now. Okay, got it. That's yeah. a lot of shit. <laughs> a, it's very, yeah. and, it, and it's all, to your point, very diversified. And things like laundromats and sounds like mafioso stuff is where I'm from. <laughs> I was going to say, so you're that's, from the East Coast. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's, I'm from Arizona. We don't, I think we only have like uh, the mafioso guys come and hide in okay. like witness protection in Arizona. I think that's how that works. Okay, very <laughs> cool. And, and so how often or how... Are you still acquiring new businesses? How often are some exits? Can you talk about any of that? Sure, yeah. We we used to have 26 companies in the portfolio company that I own. And it's me and then I have a team that runs that. Mm -hmm. Mostly my own capital. Um, We don't really take outside investors in that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we just had two exits in that that we sold. Um, You know, I'll probably sell a few more. Some of the car Mm -hmm. washes that we own, I think I'll sell coming into this market. They're really at a lot more expensive than when we bought them. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I try to keep companies, grow them a little bit and hold them forever. They're like bonds, sure. right? So you buy a bond and you want to clip the coupon or get a payment to you every single month mm-hmm. for the life of the bond. Yeah. And that's how I think about a business. Mm-hmm. You buy a business, you take a cash distribution from it every month or every quarter, sure. and then you have this cash flow that um, can sustain your life while the business grows. I get it. You know, it's hearing you talk about it, you're very passionate about it. And I Reminds me a lot of my clients and friends that I work with. And it's almost like business is a, is a sport, right? Yeah. And eventually you just find yourself in this groove. You know the game very well. You start to make your own rules and it's a special thing. Um, at what point did, it start, did you start to get really passionate about yeah. empowering and teaching others how to do it? Sure. Because that's a lot of your message 
as well, right? Yeah, I well, I had one CEO that told me that uh, we just get rich quietly. Like we yep. don't we don't help other people. We just get rich quietly, and I didn't really like that saying very much. And I remember sort of thinking, ah, I don't want your life. I don't like all the flashy stuff you have. You don't seem happy. You don't seem healthy. Um, and yeah, you're super rich, but like kind of so what after yeah. a certain dollar amount. Mm -hmm. And so um, in 2020, that was one of the periods where I was a partner in a private equity firm. We were doing well, and um, and I looked around and just thought, God, I don't, this is not the room I want to be in. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in this room. Uh, I don't think you guys are representative of me. And so I started writing. I do my best thinking when I write. Amazing. And so I was sort of writing to think about those things. I was writing because the world went a little crazy with COVID and everything that was mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. And I thought humans should have more access to freedom and to self-determination. They sure. should be able to pick their own path. And the only way you do that is this. Yeah. And so I started speaking about it publicly because I think that if more people knew how to get ownership and skin in the game, things would get a little bit easier for everybody. Big and time. so that was the push. Okay. Very cool. So you started your channels when? 2020. So January of 2020. And for the most part, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Well, work. I guess that came later. So to start, it was really just Instagram, a newsletter and Twitter. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about like the machine. So if the, for the person at home doing all the editing on their own, because that's how you, you started and you figured it out. Sure. And he's like, okay, this is very time consuming and taxing yeah. emotionally and mentally. <laughs> um, at what point did you start expanding on that team? Yeah. So let's see. So I was a one, one woman show for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I, that's why I did the newsletter. I'm best at writing. Yep. And so um, the newsletter I could do by myself. I did that for the year. We had nothing paid from the newsletter. Okay. And even though I had done pretty well monetarily before, you know, thankfully, I didn't really feel comfortable paying. I didn't think of it as a business. I was sure. like, I have an email. I write that email. I send it out to people. I right. don't know. But then I realized, well, I think this might be a business. I did a pre-sale for um, basically a, a community saying like, hey, if I talk about all this stuff mm -hmm. and you guys want to pay, like, I don't remember what. 200 bucks, like lifetime membership, something super sure. cheap to begin with. Um, then maybe this is a business. And so yeah. I put it out there and we ended up having a lot of people um, subscribe. And so then I was like, oh gosh, I guess I'm going to hire people and I'm going to make this a real thing. Yeah. And so right about that year mark was when I started doing Instagram videos as mm -hmm. opposed to just photos, which I, I could it. do by myself. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it sort of expanded from there. Okay. Yeah. While that journey was going on, what did your health, your, your mental health, your fitness look like along that? Well, um, mental health for me is a little bit interesting because I love what I do. Sure. You know, there's a quote that says that I loved and I, I can't remember who to attribute it to, but it said, um, you quote me if you need to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's probably who it was. <laughs> Eric. It said, uh, the thing they don't tell you about finding your obsession or no, the thing they don't tell you about finding your passion is that it becomes your obsession and all other things pale by comparison. Yeah. That's and, special. That's great. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I, I heard that for the first time, I was like, Oh, that's it. Like, I love doing this so much. It's almost hard to stop. For sure. And so I think the, the only real mental health battle that I've ever had is just like, I don't really want to have small talk. Like I'm super uninterested in almost anything that doesn't have to do with business or yep. maybe health or maybe thinking about large issues. Like I don't want to go to, you know, 
your baby shower. Yeah. I don't really want to go to any birthday parties. I get it. Yeah. You know, and it makes you a weirdo when you're like that. And so um, I had to find my group of humans who I could be like, I love you. I love Timmy. I don't want to go to Timmy's soccer game, yeah. you know, or like I'll, I'll send him a birthday present, sure. but I'm not coming Let's to the five-year-old. Yeah. Right. And so like getting used to this normalization of like, Hey, I think I can do lots of things and serve the world and be a nice person. Mm -hmm. But the only way I can do that is if I cut out a lot of stuff that the normal person says yes to. Yeah. And at this level and achieving to be at the level you're at, you have to understand that there's sacrifices and you got to be comfortable saying no, right? 100%. Because bandwidth, becomes, you know, very limited. So it's very hard. And I don't know about you, but I've always been a people pleaser. Yeah. So it makes me super uncomfortable saying no to mm -hmm. people. And then that's a really bad trait because I'll be passive aggressive, aka I won't respond to something right mm -hmm. away because I'm like, oh, I don't have time, sure. you know, or, you know, I won't show up or whatever. And so as I've gotten a little bit bigger, whatever that means on the internet, mm -hmm. I've had to just be a little bit more straightforward yeah. um, or put somebody like my assistant in the way. But those are the things that I battle with from a mental health perspective. Mm -hmm. I don't. I could care less what people say about me on the internet. To the humans that I care about, I feel bad that I can't do all the things For that sure. they want me to do. Yeah, but I'm sure if they care about you in a mutual way, they'll respect the process and all of that. That's right. That's okay. why you have to get around people like this, I think. Or listen to podcasts like this, where you're like listening to other high performers that mm -hmm. get it. Yeah. Because people either they get it or they don't, and you really can't change their 100%. mind. 100%. I... Mickey Drexler, if you remember that name, yeah, um, used to work with him in New York, and that's exactly what he said. Interesting, you know, and it was just like, yeah, you're right, you're right. Either you get it or you don't, and surround yourself with people that do. Um, yeah. Also, great guy, because if you don't look up, look him up, Mickey Drexler, awesome <laughs> dude, J Crew Gap, older gentleman. I used to train in this like dungeon in New York, right, when I was doing my own thing, independent training, and you go downstairs, you almost hit your head, brick wall. And like he would come in, throw his beautiful peak coat on the floor and just get ready for work. Um, <laughs> just great guy. Um, okay. So speaking on that fitness, yeah. right? Uh, what are you doing now? Like what's, what's yeah. really fueling you to like optimize and what does optimizing look like for you? Well, the toughest thing for me has been, uh, as I've gotten older, you know, your body just isn't as fit as easily as it right. used to be. And so I remember when I was like, you know, 18 and 20, it was like, I'm going to have 37 tequilas and a side of pizza and I'm going to be a size two. And yeah. I, you know, I don't know how that happened. And now oddly that doesn't work for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as I've gotten older, I had to pay some real attention to it. And my husband actually, cause he's, you know, former special forces and stuff. No he's deal. been really, yeah, he's been really, really <laughs> good, uh, with that. We basically, you know, I have to remove any sense of, uh, temptation, because I have to make so many decisions during the day, I get mm -hmm. decision fatigue. And so if it's around me, I'm not able to say no very well. I mean, I'm okay at it, but not great. Yeah. So it's like, we got on the same page. We sat down and we were like, no processed foods in the house, you mm -hmm. know? Um, like, we, I don't want a bunch of snacks that I could potentially eat. Right. I'm lactose intolerant, so he can have like ice cream and stuff that I can't eat because I won't do sure. that anyway. Mm -hmm. But we try to like really respect the other person's struggle. Yeah. And like, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, but my mom always struggled with that with my dad because yeah. he wants all the stuff in the house and mm -hmm. she didn't have the willpower to do For it. Sure. And it kills your, your mm -hmm. workout zone. So that was first. It's just like, you know, how can I make this as easy as possible? Yeah. It's amazing, me? like that generation, even when I have my grandparents over, I got these really nice coffee machines and these great healthy things. And then she'll come to me and go, Eric, I'm so sorry. Can, um, can you just please go to the gas station and just fill us up with that coffee that they make? It's just their, their palate is so different. Their understanding oh. of it is real different. My dad will only drink instant coffee. <laughs> Instinct. I mean, yeah. I gotta love them. You gotta have it when you want it, I guess. <laughs> um, 
So you speak on it publicly, your relationship with the Chris, and it's mm-hmm. something to be like admired and you know Thanks, modeled after. So when, where and when did you meet? Well, speaking of my dad, actually, I went to high school with Chris. Oh, wow. So we actually went to prom together, which is wild. Love yeah, that. I had platinum brown uh, blonde hair at the okay. time, actually, which Pull is a real look. Yeah. <laughs> it's <ahead>. not good. <laughs> not good. Um, and anyway, so we knew each other in high school. Then he went into the military. You know, I was building a business in Latin America. We lost touch for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. I was actually married prior. Okay. Um, I got a divorce. So I was still running a business in Latin America. And my dad and him in very like Arizona style uh, used to hunt together. Sick. And so they hunted for years together, even though Chris and I are basically the same age. And my dad was kind of the one that was like, I think you two would really hit it off. Why don't you like get back in touch? Mm. And so we did and started a friendship. He, he, I think, was living in Germany at the time. Yeah. And I was in, in Latin America. And so um, like in a healthy way, I think, mm-hmm. we started off just getting to know each other mm-hmm. intellectually. And we made yeah. sure we kind of liked that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah. When I met him briefly, I was training some of his buddies. And they mentioned, oh, yeah, he used to serve. And, and just like you talk to him. And he's a little of a close talker, which I love because <laughs> so am I, you know. <laughs> and so we're, we're right here. And we were talking and it's just like. I just felt genuine vibes. And then plus with the martial arts background and my boxing background and just we just knew a lot of that history. So every time I see him, I'm like, brother's here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Which is amazing when I found out you guys were, you know, married. So it's really, really cool. And he has some twin brother or something like that. Not a twin, but they, they look, look very similar. Yeah. yeah. I saw actually, a photo recently. I was like, holy shit. Three yeah. Of them. Yeah. There's, yep. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so we talked about this briefly in the sauna, and that's not weird because I collective, <laughs> you know, it's very co ed here. Um, we had our clothes on. Yes, we this. sure did. Yes, we, we did. sure did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big rule before I moved to New York. Close thing on. Yeah, exactly. That's what this they is told a family that's channel. That's what Jeremy and Dev told me. <laughs> um, but we, you, we were talking a little bit about your interest in really trying to oh, yeah. eliminate some of that guesswork and trying to dial in and optimize, you know, human performance, right? Yeah, totally. Because um, that ripples into everything else. Do you have any questions for me in that regard yeah. or questions just in general? Yeah, well, I think one of the things that I was like, we should talk about this on the podcast because yeah. I was selfishly, this is about me, really, yeah. this podcast, <laughs> um, was, you know, now what I've found is that, um, you know, you can kind of keep your 80% thing. Like, I know where I am. I can stay at like 80%. Mm-hmm. But say you wanted to get to that 20%, which is like the real difference maker of how I've felt or looked for the past, I don't know, five or 10 years. Sure. Like, what are the secrets for high performers? Because sometimes I find it overwhelming. I'm like, yeah, I can work out five to six days a week pretty well. Yeah. But I sort of feel like I'm flatlining. So what do you see the best high performers do? Yeah. So what I've learned is you find that like the person that does three times a week and then they'll go, all right, I I can do four now or I can do five. Um, I can do two a days, Monday through Friday, and then just bomb myself on the weekend. Or eventually you navigate these highs and lows of yourself where you try to remember, oh shit, that week I looked really good. What was I eating? And then you forget and it's this guessing game. Yeah. So the biggest thing is how can we eliminate the guessing, right? And Mm -hmm. you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. So when you're doing blood work and sitting down with professionals, there is no more guessing, you know, um, because the, the data is there. Mm. And getting that observation broken down or just, just the, getting the roadmap broken down from a professional based off of the info that your, your blood is providing, you can then, okay, for this goal that you might want, 
here are the macros for the goals that you want, but also to attack this visceral fat around your organs and the subcutaneous fat that you need to, you need to, you know, break down. This is what that roadmap looks like. And it might take a little bit longer than this one. Um, but this one is the healthier and you'll get the aesthetics you want as well. It's just, there's options, right? For everybody. And, and you can get really, really in the weeds with it. And it really shows someone's commitment or not. Because what ha- what happens is, and I see this all the time, Eric, I'm going to be in town for a month. Here's 10 grand. Let's train every day and let's do this. Or they'll do that in a week in Malibu on the beach with people jumping in cold plunges, which is great too. But then they'll come back and they'll blow back up because they're no longer on this 1200 calorie miso diet. You know, <laughs> exactly. And all in theory, all that is really nice. It's just how do we actually sustain that, right? Dropping 20 pounds in a week, in a month, unless you, you know, cut and wait for a fight. That isn't, that, or that should not be a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you break it down. Okay, if this person wants this much body fat or to lose this much weight, you have to think about the long game, unfortunately, and think, okay, a pound a week, a pound and a half a week, that is sustainable, you yeah. know? And There's a lot of it just having somebody hold you accountable too. Yeah. Like, cause I think that's the biggest difference mm-hmm. maker. You know, even when you come to the gym, like I'll like come and I'll do the, you yeah. know, I'll do the whole workout that I'm supposed sure. to do. My intensity level will be a five. Then Correct. I'll do it with one, like Claire or yeah. another trainer. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, all of a sudden I'm dead by the end of the 100%. workout. And I try to think about it too. Cause like, and I'm going to say the, the one side of it before I give you that response, because the response is hire the team, hire, mm. get your blood work done, you know, speak with a nutritionist, a dietitian, get that person. Maybe you need a little therapy on the side for some childhood stuff, you know, <laughs> and then you get your fitness program and your coach that you see three or four times a week and then have a program to do when you're on your own or traveling. Just like you have with your businesses, you yeah. need the team. It's no different. Um, a lot of these clients that I have, they're super wealthy and they got pretty wealthy, maybe a little young. Mm-hmm. And everyone's in like awe of these people if they know them. But that doesn't mean they're a master in this craft of like nutrition and longevity and performance, human performance. It's all masked by the money, you know? Oh, yeah, for but sure. when you actually talk to them, they're like, macros, why would I do blood work? And it's like, dude, like, like Elon, love you, Elon. But no, no one's going to take us to Mars if you go, you know, yeah, he exactly. goes. So he needs to get a, just do the bare minimum. Start with some vitamin D. You yeah. Know? You know? <laughs> so with that said, it's like having the team, yes, all of which I just said can get a little pricey depending on who or what you're, yeah. who you're working with. But the other side of it is, is like, okay, it doesn't cost that much to like go to a Walgreens and, or go to see a cardiologist or something and just, is my heart working? How's my blood looking? Pay a little short, fee, small fee one time for like a nutritionist plan based on what those numbers look like. And then, it, yes, you need the discipline. Maybe there's an app like a, a ladder that I use or one of our coaches are on, you know, that's like pretty high tech, great. I love that ladder app, yeah, by the way. It's awesome. I invested in it. So you guys should so definitely download it. Okay. Good, yeah, good for you. Exactly. Great. We're going to make a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. They're like ding yeah. in the corner. <laughs> so with that said, by the way, if you looked at it recently, up and to the right. It's doing oh, great. they're crushing yeah. it. So we'll get back to that because it's not about us making money yet. <laughs> so you, there's apps like that we can use, and it's affordable. Um, so it all boils down to the accountability, 
having the plan and eliminating the guesswork. Yeah. And however you get there, you know, is up to you and, and what you're, but the resources, the resources are there, yeah. you know, you can go very high end if you can, and it's in person and it's very personal, or you can use the products like ladder and, you know, just go see your general practitioner and yeah. there's ways to do it. Just you have to do it. I totally agree. I mean, I, you know what I think is so cool about life is that all of us, even people who you think have it figured out, mm-hmm. we all have these massive weakness areas, right? Sure. So if business and money might be one of my strong suits and maybe I'm better now at relationships than I used to be, yeah. definitely health is the one where I'm like, oh, I got pretty lucky with genetics. Like I will definitely say that. Yeah. And then, you know, I have a lot I want to optimize. Mm-hmm. So things like, I love that ladder app. I also like uh, the first forum app for food. Yep. Um, Solid one. Yeah. I mean, I think, do I know if any of these are the best ones? No, but just having something that I utilize Mm -hmm. and that, you know, Tony Robbins ism of like where your attention goes, your energy flows. And so basically, you know, if I am tracking my food somehow loosely, because I'm Mm -hmm. forgetful and I'm tracking my workout somehow loosely because I'm forgetful, I do get to that 80% solution. But, but I am excited why I like this place and talking Mm -hmm. to people like you is like, you know, at some point it is all a game, right? So you're like, I wonder how I could be like a top 1%. How can I get to that 20? Right, why not? And I think where that lies is to get there is there isn't those room for, "Mm, I didn't really hit that meal. I didn't really do those reps I should have done. So a lot of things that I do with my client is I basically run like point guard for all their touch points for help. So it's on their schedule. And you don't have to, sounds intense, but it's on their schedule what they should be eating and probably when, what vitamins they should take if they oversleep, um, when the phlebotomist is coming to their office or home to draw blood, when we're seeing one another, who to see when they go to New York. So that's pretty, I'm, I'm very integrated, you know, in that regard. So there, that's what like that 20%, like, cause then it's just like, okay, yeah, I wake up and I, I drink water. I put my pants on and then you, then you eventually look at your fitness like that and all the other things regarding your health. And then you gamify it, right? Because yeah. as you get better and improve on metrics, you go, okay, now let's see what happens if we do this. Now let's see what happens if we increase carbs a little bit or take away, you know, some stuff. And yeah. and then you can play with it. And and it 1,000% ripples into everything else, you know, in your life. Well, you think about that, uh, that new drug that all the Kardashians are on that just makes them super skinny, <laughs> but like takes, takes, I don't know, diabetes medicine away from people who need it isn't that a thing i haven't read that much about it yeah i from what i understand it basically takes away the appetite quite a bit Ah, and starvation essentially yeah perfect yeah yeah, exactly makes a lot of sense (laughs) okay yeah it's look people are fucking nuts um if there is something going on with like their blood thyroid that it is crucial for them to be at a you know lose weight immediately and very fast and the issue is is similar with like mushrooms and psychedelics and um, ketamine. People play doctor all the time, and if they have the access and the means, next thing you know, they think they're a chemist, you know. Yeah, and the hugs true. get longer, and the words get <laughs> slower, you know. <laughs> so true. Uh, What's wrong with Austin, yeah, by the way? Yeah, we attract that, so many here. Yeah, which is I, like you, you know, can't walk outside, yeah. throw a crystal without hitting a shaman, you know. Sure. It's just yeah. I, yeah. I've been to a party where they have sommeliers. Drug Somalias. Stop. Yes, swear. This is great. Yeah. I want to come to the next one. Yeah, okay. I just like, yeah. I want to ask him how much money you make. Yeah. I want to understand the business model. Yeah. You know? It's a whole thing. And he's like, well, what are you in the mood for? How'd you sleep last night? And I'm like, dude, relax. I got my Diet <laughs> Coke and I'm going home in 15 minutes. 
<laughs> I need um, better friends, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you the way. <laughs> uh, bring, uh, get Chris out, too. Oh, yeah. The hugs, though. The, the long hug mm-hmm. is not okay. For anybody. Yeah, we need a, a, this is a public service announcement. For sure. You know? And that's something, like, I've been trying to get better with as well as body language. Yeah. Because, like, I, can, I'm, I think some, as much as I don't like people, I'm a man of the people. I love to love and I yeah. love to connect. But some, I don't want everybody to think... I think Eric wants, if I gave him the green light, we would be having sex. I, I don't want that, you know? So I'm, I'm trying to be more mindful of my body language. But sometimes you get these people and they just, they lock into oh, your the soul. Eye. yeah. And then the contact, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a lot. The, the yeah. back clap too. Yeah, I, yeah. don't worry. I've never felt that with you. You're very, Appreciate that. you're yeah. killing it. You're Thank totally you. normal. Thank you. I'm working on it. I got the aura ring to help me with that. <laughs> Things spike, I calm it down. Just shocks you. Inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, things like those drugs um, to manipulate diet and appetite, I don't think anybody should be playing doctor. It goes back to saying, you know, guessing, you know, and it's, there are always some effects, right? Some long-term things. I can imagine. The big topic I've been on recently is peptides because there's a bunch of great things you can take out there. They're a little expensive, they're not steroids, like athletes wouldn't get popped for it. Right. Um, but, you know, you are taking some kind of enhancement that naturally produces this or X, but like, what does that look like for your tendons long term? If you are, you know, increasing something on a not exactly natural way, you know, your and your tendons don't have time to kind of catch up with that and heal. So there's always something you have to be mindful yeah. of. But then again, you know, if you're a maniac, lifting with bad form and crushing a heavy bag, your tendons are shot anyway, you know? So it's all relative. Um, But there is a good approach to like being superhuman as much as possible. Yeah. So I stick to money, man. Yes. You got to hang out with you guys. You could teach me the rest. Um, So we were talking a little bit about consumer. Um, Mm, I'd love to, I'd love to talk a little bit more. What, are some of the things you are invested in that you'd like to talk about that are in my space, health, wellness, oh, yeah. and on, or also just what you're involved in as well? I know you do a lot of well, cool Well, we could videos. talk about first couple things like that are terrible investments in your space, I okay. think. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, so these are like really <laughs> bad ideas that yeah. I wouldn't do. So one, like I remember <laughs> the first deal that I lost money on was a, um, it was a CPG company in that, so consumer packaged good company in the uh, health and wellness space. It was like, I would explain it as I won't say the company because it's still around and I don't want to want to want to be rude. But um, it was essentially like a squeeze product that you would take before a workout, but it was super natural. And I'll tell you who it is afterwards. Okay, but okay. but anyway, um, really hard business because, you know, uh, didn't have a very long shelf life mm-hmm. on the product. Right. Like co-packing located in California um, in an industry that had a lot of other companies competitors. And what I see a lot of people do is they get stoked by a really fancy consumer product because the branding and marketing is amazing and you can understand it and use it in your everyday environment. It could be really sexy, Mm -hmm. but people lose a ton of money in food. And so I stay out of almost all food beverage I've invested in before and done well. So I like beverage. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm really careful about the food products because I think it's a quick way to blow money. And unless you're a top tier operator, you're just better off working with something that doesn't have all of the uh, FDA regulations yep. and can have spoilage and basically die on shelves. Sure. So it's one of my least favorite investments okay. is food of any type, including restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even yeah. though I like food. Yeah. But yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Do you do anything in like 
VC hedge fund space? Yeah, a lot. Uh, I sit on the board of a hedge fund, um, six and a half billion dollars. It invests Healthy. in, um, yeah, it invests in, um, what I guess you would call it's mostly in Europe, but it invests in companies that have been around for a long time that are okay. in some sort of transitioning transitionary period. A lot of, of private companies, publics too. Um, so that company is pretty interesting, but for like the, the normal human, you know, you're probably not going to invest in hedge funds. Mm -mm. I really don't think everyday humans until you're worth a million plus, and that's like liquid investable mm -hmm. assets should be playing in the VC game Sure. because eight out of 10 of them, you're going to lose. Right. And so that's why I, I do something called cash flow investing, which okay. is basically if I take a dollar mm -hmm. and I give it to Eric yep. for an investment, I want to see that dollar come back to me in full within three years. So I want the return mm -hmm. of capital to me inside of three years and I want distributions. So 50 cents of the dollar, or 25 okay. cents of the dollar to come to me within one quarter, three months. And so this is doable if you buy the non-sexy businesses. Sure. Sexy businesses, you got to keep funneling the cash back Constantly. into the marketing machine, mm -hmm. right? And so that's okay to take some of your money later on and play in that yeah. game. But I see a lot of people get burned in private deals mm -hmm. because they're trying to find the next Tesla or, you know, Terramana tequila. And sure. instead, it's not going to pan out. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So what are some of those non-sexy ones? Well, and also, Tanya, you got a dollar I can borrow? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you want to give it back? <laughs> yeah. So I would say um, the type of businesses that I like the most, let's play this game. So I call these boring businesses uh, and how I teach people to find them is lots of 12 different methods. But one in particular I like is called your personal P&L. So let's say you pulled out your credit card statement and what you spend every single month mm -hmm. for you as a human, Eric, and you'd see all the locations. One of them would probably be a gym like collective before mm -hmm. you were an investor here or before you were participating in this. So you might have your gym membership. You might have your landscaping guy. You might have your rent. Mm -hmm. You might have your, you know, I don't know, auto mechanic because your car's already going in. And what people don't, they look at the products they use and they think, huh, I'll go buy some Google stock because I'm using Google product or Amazon stock because I'm using Amazon. Mm -hmm. But what if instead you could invest in those little businesses all around you that you're sure. already kind of investing in mm -hmm. by paying them every month? Mm -hmm. And so that's, one of the reasons I looked at Collective to invest in when it got rocking and rolling. Because mm -hmm. I was like, huh, interesting business model. You know, maybe this is somewhere I want to invest. Or, you know, auto mechanic shop. Maybe he's 65 plus looking to retire and turns out Chris is good with cars. Mm -hmm. And so we might want to buy that auto mechanic company and place somebody else in there as an operator. Yeah. So that's how I like to find deals is, okay. you know, first your personal P&L of all the things you're already spending on. Mm -hmm. And then you learn a little bit about deal structuring, which is how to give them a dollar and legally require what I just talked about, which is Got return it. of capital and distributions. Yeah, that's super interesting because especially with uh, social media now, all you see is the sexy stuff. Yeah. And it's very intimidating for people to go, well, how am I going to get all this capital and throw it into this? And then I know they're going to come back for more once they, if they even do well. Yeah. So that's, that's a great uh, piece of advice. Yeah. I think, it, you know, and you can think about it in just about anything, you know, let's say that somebody listening is a fitness um, mm -hmm. you know, instructor, I was actually talking to Claire about this and, you know, she's launching an app and I was asking her the terms of her app. I'm like, who owns the app? Do you own the underlying, mm -hmm. you know, app? What's the relationship you have with them? Do you yeah. have like a referral or equity if you mm -hmm. send them more people through this? Sure. And so in every single engagement that you have starting to ask, 
yourself. Questions. Yeah. And to think like, um, in your world, maybe like an agent, yeah. like if you were like, okay, I'm not Eric today, I'm Eric's agent. Mm -hmm. How would I be trying to get a little slice of the pie, a little skin of the game in yeah. almost every transaction that I have mm -hmm. in my day to day? And the second you turn that switch on, it's really hard to turn it off. Mm -hmm. And then Big it's time. pretty fun because everything you see, you're like, huh, mm -hmm. I want to invest in that. I want a piece of that. Right. Maybe I want to buy that. And not to mention if you're dealing with the right, um, owners, right. And operators, they'll take you more serious. They'll respect you a lot more because you have the, the courage and the knowledge to ask those kind of questions. Uh, so that's, yeah, great point. I talk about that with coaches all the time. Like, oh, they can't really afford this right now. Well, I'm like, yeah, because, you know, just because they're a founder doesn't mean they're, you know, making millions right now or, or billions, right? It's yeah. their salary might be less than what you're making. But if you believe in him and the company, maybe they break you off a little bit 100%. and on the back end. So I was able to do a lot of stuff like that. And then, you know, just it just it definitely pays dividends for sure. 100%. You know, and I think the biggest key there is just anytime you start learning about deal structuring, which I think is the best skill you can learn is how yep. to become a deal maker. Um, because it's the one thing where you can have an outsized return mm -hmm. for your time spent. Yep. Um, you know, one well done deal can can pay for a lifetime. And so uh, I think the only thing people really do sideways there is they are single focused in their asks. Mm -hmm. So it's like, uh, you know, Eric, I was on your podcast. Cool. Can I get a cut of it? You're like, what the, f no, get right. out of here. You know, but if, if I was like, um, I don't know, uh, Hey Eric, I'm, I manage your podcast and mm -hmm. I book all the guests. What if I started booking sponsorships for you too? Sure. And I brought you sponsors. Could yeah. I get a cut of that? Those and are great like, questions. Right. Yeah. And, and I would also probably say the smarter way to do it. And sorry if your, your person is listening to this, no, but no. like they should also go, Hey, can I have a cut of anything sponsorship I relate, I, I bring, mm -hmm. but then because I don't want to just be an employee in this, could I get in perpetuity some percentage of that? Yeah. And there's lots of ways to do it. First of all, you know, there's always going to be tension between you wanting something, them wanting something. Sure. But I'd say like, okay, Eric, how about this? I bring you $10,000 in sponsorships. Mm -hmm. I take a 10% cut of that. You'd probably be like, yeah, dude, that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. and then I go, okay. But also I want 10% for two years of their deals that they do for you. So let's say we start with a $10,000 transaction mm -hmm. and next year they up to hundred K I want 10% of that deal yep. too. And then after two years, it's all you. I just take that two year trail yeah. on it. Right. You go, for that's sure. still reasonable. And then if I prove myself to be really valuable, I go, okay, Eric. So I've brought you a hundred thousand dollars in sponsorships mm -hmm. over this right now. I have a two year window. I mm -hmm. want a three or five year window, or I want something for the lifetime of each of the deals yeah. that I bring. And you like slowly ramp it up as you prove your competence. Big time. And, uh, I think not enough people do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. By the way, if that was you offering all that, yeah. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Signed. Um, no, that's really cool. Um, so anything going on right now that you are excited about that you can talk about? Yeah. What am I excited about right now? Well, there's a few things. Um, one, uh, 
I'm in the middle of writing a book. I don't yep. think I've talked about this publicly you yet. You have not, yeah. Um, this is great breaking news. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's waiting on the edge of their seat. <laughs> um, but we, uh, the book should be coming out uh, the latter part of next year. It'll be cool, I think. It'll be on specifically how to buy these boring businesses. Yep. And the things called this thing that I'm calling the three waves that make this a generational uh, wealth creation event. And we sit at this really interesting moment of history where um, I think now more than ever is the time for people to ask for and get ownership without having to have a lot of cash and equity. Yeah. So the book I'm pretty excited about, if, if anybody's interested, we'll talk about it at contrarianthinking.co, mm -hmm. which, is, which is my newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I think, the biggest item of all right now. That and we're really doubling down on YouTube. So I think that'll be interesting to see how YouTube shakes out. I think, and I don't know about you, I'd be curious, but like I think... Netflix, dead. HBO, dead. Any of these big streaming services, mm -hmm. not going to make it. And the reason why is if you look at the financials of these companies, it takes, so let's say Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. Stranger Things cost $30 million an episode to film. So yeah, Netflix has to pay the Stranger Things team $30 million for one hour of time, right? Then you've got, let's say, I don't know, Call Her Daddy, right? Mm -hmm. Or Joe Rogan yep. or Andrew Schultz or something like that. They create one hour of content for free for mm -hmm. YouTube and they do it every single day or three times a week for an entire year. The economics don't match. Right. And so I think long term, we are going to be entertained by these lower level content creation businesses for as sure. opposed to these huge Hollywood productions. And so I'm curious to see what, what happens to Netflix, HBO, et cetera, because uh, I don't think they'll survive. I think YouTube will eat their lunch. Yeah, it's interesting. So you're saying shows like A Stranger Things will be produced on channels like that. Yeah? Yeah, I think they. I think we've been in a period of like a, you know, we've been in a 15-year bull run, right, after mm -hmm. 2008, and we've been in a market where everybody's flush with cash. VCs are subsidizing everything we do from the Uber rates, as you've noticed, mm -hmm. they're now getting higher, to these streaming services getting funneled a ton of money. And that's now dropped off a cliff. We've seen yeah. VC funding cut in half. And that'll continue. Usually there's anywhere from a five to 10 year lag yeah. before VC funding ramps up again. And in that period, that means that those big companies won't be able to pay mm -hmm. for those crazy productions. Yeah. And during that period of time, more and more people, as they already are, will be going online as the cost of production comes down mm -hmm. for the everyman. For sure. And um, and I think they'll win out. I mean, Mr. Beaks, Beast supposedly pays or spends about a million dollars per video, right? Yeah. So he is self-funding a million dollars on the YouTube platform, and he's probably taking home. I don't know what the YouTube cut is. That'd be interesting. But but YouTube is the one benefiting from that in the biggest mm -hmm. degree to the tune of 75 to 90% yeah. of the ad revenue, right? But they don't have to pay them right. up front. It goes back to what you said earlier. For the the long, for maybe the last, I don't know, five years, maybe, maybe 10, YouTube has kind of no longer been the sexy thing because it's like TikTok, Snapchat, this, oh, yeah. that. But yet it's, it has the fundamentals. It has the foundation. Yeah. To last, you know, I might be biased too, but I don't think TikTok's going to last. I think the problem with TikTok is, is that TikTok is not creator friendly mm -hmm. at all. And, you know, now that I'm relatively big on a bunch of platforms, I talk to the 
people at the companies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with TikTok, they're basically like, yeah, Cody, that's great. You have a million followers. Go pound sand. Sure. And then YouTube and Instagram and Twitter, they actually want to engage with you mm. because they realize that wherever the best content is, yeah. is where users come from, right? And so uh, YouTube's really smart. Their business model incentivizes creators, right? And TikTok, I think, has an incredible algorithm for attention distraction. Mm -hmm. So maybe they'll survive because you, you get in there and then you wake up like 20 yeah. minutes later and you're like, where am I? Mm -hmm. I feel like, I could be mistaken, but I read somewhere that the search engine of like, what people used to type in Google, they're typing in there now. And that's becoming more and more increased. Um, in YouTube or in, in TikTok. TikTok? Yeah, TikTok search is not very good, but they could definitely yeah. fix that. Because, I mean, compare, I mean, using your videos as an example, just the engagement and the how-to of something is so like, okay, I watched this twice and I got it. Yep. You know, rather than this long tutorial, skipping things and going back. Yeah. Um, so for that, I think, you know, it's doing really well. Also, for ladder's sake, I hope it does really well because oh, yeah, it's that's crushing. True. So. Yeah. Well, I think they'll get on YouTube shorts. <laughs> yeah. I think YouTube shorts, YouTube knows the search game really well. Not mm -hmm. that, that TikTok doesn't because Alibaba and, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Chinese sort of conglomerate is behind that as well. But... uh but I think uh, I think YouTube is actually going to come on really strong with shorts. Good. And if you've ever searched around on YouTube as opposed to TikTok, it's yeah. infinitely better. For sure. I mean, yeah. But it'll be that might be a bias because mm -hmm. I don't like the platform very much. Um, we didn't. I wanted to talk to you before just before I lose my thought. Um, talk about collective one more time. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned potentially wanting to get involved. What are your thoughts on it? Just from where you sit now being a member, being a consumer of what yeah. we have to offer, and also just how much do you know about where we're going? That's cool. I actually don't know that much, so I'd be curious. Okay. Um, as far as, you know, from my perspective, I think the one thing you've done really well, not one thing, I think there's a few things, but um, as almost everything becomes more of a commodity, mm -hmm. aka like there's lots of gyms, right? There's... Um, pretty much everything you you can get, you can get, you want, you can get on Amazon. Like lots of things are democratizing. Mm -hmm. The one thing that is hard to democratize is curation. Um, and then also exclusivity. Yeah. And so when I talk to people, like all my companies about if they want to sell something, I'm like, you have to have timeliness, relevance, exclusivity, and scarcity. Right. If you have four, th four of those things, you have an irresistible offer. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I think collectives done really well is exclusivity. There's only so many memberships. Once they're done, they're done. Mm -hmm scarcity is the same thing, but also making sure that the caliber of members that you have, not like an elitist jerk off no, of yeah, a thing, yeah, yeah. No. but just people who are serious about coming in, getting the work done and that, you know, they're going to be in this community in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a good friend that's in like in the gym space, Alex Hormozy, him and Layla. And, you know, I, I always ask them like, why, why did you get out of gyms? Why not involve more? And they're like, it's such a hard business model because it's a degrading utility. It's less cool for your members, the more money you make, AKA the more members you bring in. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's inherently in conflict. Yeah. And so I think you guys have decreased that by increasing your price and having kind of an exclusive sure. scarce membership. Yeah. I think that's really smart because all the equipment and everything's awesome. But at the end of the day, if you pack it like they do Equinox, yeah. it's just annoying. It right. Yeah. It won't work. Yeah. Yeah. The goal was, and we thankfully got there relatively quickly cap it at a certain amount yeah. and you know you never know sometimes you could say okay we have some wiggle room for a little more yeah but people end up seeing just like their bottom line like okay let's just keep going you know exactly 
And then we as coaches and partners, and also we have a great relationship with most of our members. So there's constant communication on improvement. Yeah. So when we see maybe a long face, when we see an eye roll, yeah. we have that conversation immediately and like, what's wrong? How can we fix this? And usually yeah. that means like, you know, get this camera out of my face at 9am or, you know, yeah. people are doing this and then we make those changes, you know? Yeah. And going forward with this new location and the domain opening up in end of January, we'll, it'll, it'll stand on its own. Like I've mentioned, mm-hmm. we'll probably have about the same membership count around 500. Yeah. It's much bigger. And then the goal from there is we'll probably start doing a raise in first quarter yeah. for locations three, four, and five, I think that's which awesome. will be outside of uh, Texas. Well, you guys have also done a really good thing with your satellite offerings yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know, with when I talk about business buying, I'm always like, yeah, you could go out and buy whatever business, but what, mm-hmm. what the business that Eric should buy is probably something related to fitness, health, community, mm-hmm. you know, athletics, something yep. in that vein. Like that's using your sphere of genius and probably your network. Yep. And so I think for collective, what you've done well is let's say it costs, I don't know, 300, 400 bucks for a membership. You know, for most members in here, that's like not all you could get out of them. For sure. Right. It's like, well, actually we should also have each member probably spending, I don't know, 500 to a thousand bucks a month on training. Mm-hmm. So that means the, the annual uh, value of a member is now getting up there. Big I mean, time. we're talking almost maybe not six figures, but we're definitely talking mid five figures, mm-hmm. right? And then if we could also on t- add on top of that, this is where we get the blood drawn. Mm-hmm. And then this is where you get the mas- your massages done. And then yeah. da 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 da. I mean, you could have members that are paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for varying services. Big time. And then you don't need more than 500 members. No. In fact, you just serve those 500 members yeah. in a way most places and don't. And that's how we keep those few things you listed, scarcity, exclusivity, and exactly. all Exactly. Yeah, because that's what we're fortunate with. Most of our members on average spend around that three to $500 a month. And then you have a good handful that spend a significant amount on the medical and the private training. Um, so it's been pretty, pretty unique, pretty special. You know, I was talking to Dev, our CEO, you know, like right now we're this like cool mom and pop local, you know, it's, it changes everything. Um, when you go outside of that, yep. so location two is up the road. We'll crush it there. Yep. I'm really excited to see well, what happens when we go to Nashville, what yeah. happens when we go outside the neighborhood of our, you know, yeah. an immediate, you know, friend and support system. Uh, I'm really excited to see how we do there. And I'm, confident as we go as we start to do our own supplement line protein um more apparel different things possibly some kind of measuring tool or app you know that's how we really start to you know reach mars with our boy elon yeah exactly well anytime you can build once and sell continuously Mm -hmm. that's that's the win um but i already think you know well, I think that these these membership communities have a lot of value in them. I mean, think you think about my business. So we have unconventional acquisitions, which is where we talk about buying and selling businesses. Mm-hmm. And then we have contrarian thinking, which is where we talk about critical thinking and making money in general. Yep. And those two communities independently do tens of millions of dollars a year mm-hmm. in revenue. And the interesting part about that is what are you selling? Yes, you're selling like your knowledge base and, you know, services, a.k.a. If you have $100,000, you should be able to turn that into a million in X amount of time. Sure. You're selling like, if you come in and here and work out, you should have a better body, be healthier, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But what you're also really selling is like, hey, the other people in here, 
they're going to be worth that times a thousand. You're yeah. going to make one connection with one person in collective. And that $50,000 that you paid us for all the stuff this year is going to be a no brainer for you. Yeah. And that's where I think Soho House has gone really wrong and where I think private country clubs keep it really right. Mm -hmm. You know, their, their members spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, yep. but they keep it so tight mm -hmm. about what they offer and who gets in yeah. that nobody questions it. For sure, because they're engaging. They're, exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to do. I find most groups end up going the Soho House way where it's like, ah, just cram a bunch more people in there, degrade yeah. the offerings. Yeah, that's not it. Yeah, it's not it. And the the house is awesome and the locations are awesome, but nobody's like, oh, man, I love the Soho House. The services are amazing. Everybody's so nice yeah, to me. No. It's like, you know, yeah, they're like, we really want you to come in here so we can shit all over you for, for a while. Sure. Yeah, it's not, that ain't it. Mm. Um, I was talking about this earlier with a client of mine who happens to um, uh, work and run Multicoin. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Mm. Uh at a certain point, they were the biggest, you know, crypto hedge fund in the world. Interesting. And, um, you know, they're they're going to recover. It's just there's a lot going on Not with that word. right now. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, but we were talking about just like success, happiness, the correlation, mm. you know, it's all relative and yada, yada. And we were talking about like numbers. We were playing, playing some funny math. Do you have like a number in mind that you're like, okay, I have this much in my account. Mm. I'll have this much coming in, compounding. I can let's go off into the sunset and do jujitsu with Chris and you know, do you is there a number in mind for you? I mean I'll say I guess the only thing that I don't feel like we can do right now that I really want to, because I don't actually care about like expensive washes, sure. cars, any I like a nice house mm -hmm. and a nice vacation spot. Yeah. Um is I do think there's a material difference between flying private and not. It's so funny. It's like you're just, just like, like you're only, in my frontal lobe here. <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing. But I'm just I'm also at a place where I'm like it just seems so unnecessary. Yeah. So but when um, you if you decide to get yeah. dogs or kids, if I had a kid, I think I'd do it. It changes yeah. everything. And we were talking about this, and we were like. If I fly private for my dog, though, we got like That's the little, internet needs to talk shit yeah. about me a lot. <laughs> you know? That's a little aggressive. But, you know, so I was having this conversation with him and I was like, I was like, what do you want? And I went, he went and we talked about like maybe a plane, you yeah. know, or like a Nets Jets membership so I can yeah. fly, I don't know, 100 hours a year or something. Yeah. And I'm like, can't you do that now? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I guess I can, but like it would be a lot more comfortable if I was here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's you know, people think about I need a hundred million dollars in the bank, I need a billion dollars. Yeah. You know, really if you broke down like security with your home and your lifestyle, the car you want, the house you want, maybe the vacation spots, the meals, the fitness, you know, the cosmetics, all of that. And then you even tackle on maybe a few hours on net jets you probably only need six million eight oh, million yeah. you yeah, know it's not too yeah. crazy no um obviously we're talking about some like pretty first world stuff <laughs> but we deserve it and that's just what it is um but yeah i'm on the same page once you once you do that i've been fortunate a lot of my clients they uh have nice toys like that. That's it's great. Just like, I always had to be the one paying for it. Chris, yeah. my husband, you know, because he was a former whatever, yeah. he always gets invited to these ridiculous things. I'm like, what? this is so backwards. I'm yeah. the lady here. Yeah. And I'm buying all of these things so and you're getting invited. I call invited? myself sometimes, uh, quoting a buddy on this, America's guest. <laughs> 
because I get to do some really cool shit and expensive stuff. Yeah. And I just have to like show up, smile by myself. I'm never going to lose the, if it's free, it's for me feeling like that's just like a 2023 slogan. (laughs) Um, I think also, you know, when you said originally the game of money is fun and mm-hmm. it's not just like if I really wanted to earn as much as humanly possible right now today, I would stop all the content stuff I was doing online mm-hmm. and just go launch a bunch of, of additional private equity funds. Yeah. And, you know, we've built a couple billion dollar fund businesses and that definitely makes you the most money like sure. in this moment. But I think the most interesting thing to do mm-hmm. is exactly what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And so I can't imagine I think most people don't realize it. If they're actually honest with themselves mm-hmm. and striving for being whatever corny version of the best version of themselves they can mm-hmm. be statement is, um, they're not going to want to quit. Like yeah. you're just going to want to stop doing some of the stuff you don't want to do. You're going to be like, I don't want to deal with my taxes. Somebody else deal with it. I don't want to schedule meetings, get a VA. Like you're going to offload some lower level stuff. For sure. But the game at the top is super fun. Yeah. And so there's no number at which you could pay me to stop working yeah. in total. Yeah. Because I think that's when passion would die. Yeah. And you, then imagine, I just yeah. couldn't imagine just like sitting around all the time, you know? Yeah. Plus relevancy. I mean, humans need to have some sort of labor to strive for. For sure. I think that's when we're happiest. Big time. And unless you're, and you might have your opinions on this, unless you're like these stone age brands, the Coca-Cola's, the Dr. Pepper's, you know, as you mentioned, like these guys like Mr. Beast and the Logan Paul's like they are pioneers in what they're, what they've been able to do. And those there, whatever they do will start to eat up all of these the ogs because of relevancy you know yeah and you know the the coca-colas and dr peppers they have their demographic and you know but sooner or later the millennials they're like oh power this or you know that's the new thing so yeah it'll be interesting to see how long those traditional holding companies Mm -hmm. can stay in or maybe they buy this next generation that's been their historical way right for sure so they just end up buying prime or they buy you know whatever and and then they Keep take all soul out of the product yeah. and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, continue on the way. Sure. And I think that's what a lot of them them do. But that is the fun part about being a young gun. Like if, if you're young right now mm-hmm. listening to this and out there moving and shaking, man, I don't think there's a better time because yeah. you can disrupt just about anything. Yeah. And like how much, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day, you know, do you know somebody by the name of Emma Chamberlain? She's like a YouTube. Sounds real familiar. Yeah, she's like real cute, blonde. And, um, my, my type, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> She's too, she might not be too young for okay. you. I don't know. <laughs> um, she, uh, she basically is one of the biggest YouTubers out there right now and really doesn't do much of anything. It's mm. like a vlog, sort of Casey Neistat vlog style. And I was just sitting there thinking, man, for the next generation, if they're able to create content or if they're able to be an expert in a subject, the, the distribution machine is so good. Mm. We're going to, you know, at some point, I don't, I don't, I'm not really good that, that, that good at TikTok. I'm certainly not the smartest YouTuber. I'm just slightly too old. Yeah. You know, the next gen I think is going to, Really take it sort of by storm. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I took a lot of your time. Wow, this is okay. great, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, it's right nice back to finally sit and get to know you a little bit more. Same. And I'll see you out there crushing it. Yeah. Let me gonna... know if you need help with that extra 20%. Oh, I'm totally going to harass you on all of that. All right. I appreciate you. Thanks, man.